Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? It is Mason Pierce here, back at it again with another episode here on the Cover 7 with the Mason Pierce podcast. And guys, in today's episode, we're going to have a special episode, you know, for certain events that go on in college football and NFL, we're going to make their own podcast and episode, not own podcast, make their own episode for them. And just in today's episode, we're going to be recapping all of the trades from the 2022 NFL trade deadline. And man, did we have some pretty good key players get traded? Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins, Chase Claypool to the Bears, and just so many more players that were moved right before the deadline. But anyway, guys, before before we do start talking about all of these moves, please make sure that you do follow, like, share, comment, rate. Do whatever you can to make sure that we continue to spread the Cover 7 podcast to everybody out there that has not heard of the Cover 7 podcast yet so that they can also stay up to everyday news relating to college football, NFL, sometimes NBA, MLB, and just all the other sports. So guys, thank y'all so much for all the support that y'all have shown. And I'm really excited to get into today's episode because a lot of these players they're going to make a huge impact on their new teams. So, guys, like I always say here on the Cover 7 Podcast, I don't want to waste y'all's time. Mine neither. So let's get right into today's episode. And to kick off all of the trades that we did have, if I remember properly, the first like first real trade that we did have right as the trade deadline was getting close was the Jacksonville Jaguars trading former undrafted running back James Robinson to the New York Jets. Now, in exchange, the Jets, they got James Robinson but the Jets, they would have to give up a 2023 conditional six-round pick, which really is not much for a running back that's going to take over the running back one duties for the rest of the year until Brees Hall comes back from his torn ACL. Me personally, I like this a lot because you could tell down in Jacksonville, Travis Etienne, especially after his amazing performance against the Broncos on Saturday or not Saturday on Sunday in London, he's going to be going. He's going to be moving forward as a running back one. That offense is really going to take most of their shape around him and we'll also talk a definitely talk a little bit more about another weapon that the uh, Jaguars added uh, via the trade deadline so but for this trade honestly I think both teams won the Jaguars they really weren't going to use him as much as they wanted to they have Jamichael Hasty, the former 49ers running back they have Snoop Connor they've got a couple other running backs that can at least try to get close to what James Robinson did production-wise. But then when you have a guy like Travis Etienne who's going to give you a ton of carries, you're also going to be able to throw to him out of the out of you know out into the flat and everything like that. Just overall, it made sense to move on from him and also for the Jets, it made sense to get a quick replacement which just this which just in this case it so happened to be James Robinson who was one of the more underrated running backs in the league. So overall, really good trade to kick off the trade deadline. And then, guys, for the next trade that we did have, we had the pretty much uh, the Carolina Panthers, who right now are having a fire sale. They're getting rid of everything that they can that has value. You know, it's, there's also been a lot of reports about Brian Burns. You know, he was uh, the Panthers were offered two first-round picks for him, and they didn't accept it, which is very questionable for me because why would you not accept that? I mean, it makes no sense. But anyway, the Panthers they decided to get rid of a very keystone or very really good key piece on their offense in the form of running back Christian McCaffrey. They sent him to the 49ers in exchange for a 2023 second-round pick, 2023 third-round pick, 2023 fourth-round pick, and then a 2024 fifth-round pick. So the Panthers, they got a good amount of value out of them. They didn't get their first-round pick that they were wanting, but definitely they got a good amount quantity-wise out of this trade. And then the 49ers, they get 
a running back who is very solid. I mean, he's able to get it, you know, going in the run game. Also able to get it done in the in the uh, receiving game. And overall, is is like that final stone into Thanos's gauntlet that they have been needing. And it showed because when they played the Rams on Sunday. He literally had a triple crown, which had not been done in the NFL by a running back since back in 2005 by LaDainian Tomlinson. So overall, I think this was a win-win for both teams. The Panthers, they get a lot more draft capital. They're going to definitely start bulking up for their future. Christian McCaffrey, who's owed a ton of money, they also wanted to get rid of him and, and uh, open up a lot more cap space. And then for the 49ers, who were trying to make a Super Bowl push, now you've got guys like Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Jimmy G, who's definitely stepped up here the past few weeks. I mean, that offense is looking really good, and I think both teams in this trade got what they needed. So overall, I think both teams won this trade pretty fair and square. Panthers weren't going to really need Christian McCaffrey. His talent was getting wasted, and they sent him to the 49ers and got a really decent package in return. So, And, I mean, obviously Christian McCaffrey, he's looked really good so far with the 49ers. So I think it worked out for both sides. So. Anyway, guys, the next trade that we're going to talk about is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles, who felt like they needed to improve even more on their defense, which for me was kind of like a because, you know, when you look at this Philadelphia Eagles defense, they already have Fletcher Cox, one of the best interior defensive linemen. They have Brandon Graham, who's also one of the best interior defensive linemen. You've got Josh Sweat, who's one of the most underrated pass rushers in the league. You have James Bradbury and Darius, Darius Slay, who are arguably one of the top uh, cornerback duos in all of the league. And then, to make matters even better for the Eagles, they went out and traded for their slot cornerback, C.J. Gardner-Johnson from the Saints before the season started. So, I mean, they are so stacked at defense. And they said, you know what? We're going to go get one of the best sack, sack, uh, spack, uh, best sack leaders in the NFL the past few years and go get him and his name just so happened to be Robert Quinn as the Philadelphia Eagles they would trade for Robert Quinn from the Chicago Bears and all they had to give up in exchange was a fourth round pick in the 2023 draft which is not bad one bit because Robert Quinn who is one of only I think a few NFL players that have ever recorded recorded multiple seasons of 18 and a half sacks in a year is ridiculous. Now, I know obviously he's getting up in age. He's like, I think he's 33, so that is something to consider too. He also does have a pretty decent contract, but I mean, the Eagles right now who are undefeated are sitting at 7-0. and They're obviously Super Bowl favorites right now, if you ask me. I mean, they're wanting to be able to take a step and getting a guy like Robert Quinn, who not only is going to be a really solid player for you, and is really going to open up a lot of your defense, he's also a really great veteran presence who will help a lot of the younger guys as well. And I just think overall this was a very good trade for both sides. The Bears, they open more capital. They're kind of doing what the Panthers are doing. They're on a fire sale. They weren't going to need them. They're not going to use them really that much. So they decided to go ahead and get what they could value-wise. And fourth-round picks, not that bad. I mean... You know what I'm saying? It's not horrible. And for the Eagles, I know giving up a fourth-round pick for a guy that's 32 is not ideal. But for what the Eagles need and what they're trying to do, it made a lot of sense. So another trade that I feel like both sides really won just because Bears, they got rid of a lot of cap, uh, caps. They got they got cleared. Sorry, I'm trying not to say they didn't, they didn't get rid of. They got a lot of uh, cap space opened. And the Bears, they also got some more draft capital as well. So... But overall, not a bad trade for both sides. It's Philadelphia. They're just continuing to try and prove people, look, we are for real. We are trying to win a Super Bowl. And definitely having guys like Robert Quinn and Hassan Reddick on both sides of the defensive line with Josh Sweat, who comes in in rotational times, is going to be a scary sight for any opposing quarterback. So 
But anyway, guys, the next trade that we're going to talk about is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs who made a splash trade in getting potentially Tyreek Hill's replacement. And that came in the form of New York Giants' former first-round pick back in the 2021 draft, Kadarius Toney. So the Chiefs, they would get Kadarius Toney in this trade in exchange for a 2023 third-round pick and a 2023 sixth-round pick. So for me personally, I think this was a deal for the Kansas City Chiefs. I know Kadarius Toney in his NFL career so far has not really played too much. He's missed, I think, 10 games or so. He's only been in the league for two years, which is something definitely concerning, just the fact that he's really injury prone. But I think once he's able to get healthy, once he's able to start playing a lot more consistently, and also the fact that he is definitely a Swiss Army knife type. And I know y'all hear me say that a lot, whether it's when interviews, whether it's talking about certain players. But I mean, Kadarius Tony, you can line him, you can line him up in the slot, you can line him up in the outside. Heck, you can even line him up in the backfield. And getting a guy like that who has a lot of play style resemblance, similar to Tyree Kill, where he is a vertical threat. Is something that Patrick Mahomes has been needed because you could tell this year they haven't thrown the football that far down the field. I mean, MVS, Juju Smith-Schuster, all those guys, they've been really solid. But getting a guy like Kadarius Toney, who is a speed demon, has, like I said once again, very similar play style to Tyreek Hill, is going to be huge for Andy Reid in this Kansas City Chiefs offense. So in my opinion, both sides really won this trade. I mean, the Giants, they got Wandale Robinson from Kentucky in this past year's draft, who is pretty much just going to replace Kadarius Toney because, I mean, the Giants realize they're not going to get really anything out of Kadarius due to the fact that he has been dealing with a lot of injuries. And then the Chiefs, they were looking for a wide receiver, whether that happened to be guys like DJ Moore, OBJ, or whatever. But getting a guy like Kadarius Toney, he really fits into this offensive scheme, just the way that they kind of mix up routes, the way that they are a vertical team when they have certain talent around Patrick Mahomes. And I really think that adding a guy like Kadarius Toney is really going to start impacting defenses. So overall, pretty even trade, but I mostly like the fact for the Chiefs that they finally got a guy that can give you certain production similar to what Tyreek Hill did during his time with the Chiefs. So anyway, guys, the next trade that we're going to be talking about, and one of my personal favorites so far of the deadline and that was the Baltimore Ravens going out and finally getting another linebacking piece to help on defense, which has been suspect at times. You know, the secondary has also been very inconsistent, but overall they've needed some veteran help on the defensive side ever since C.J. Mosley, he left for the Jets. And, well, they just happen to get arguably one of the best linebackers right now in all of the NFL in the form of all-pro linebacker from the Chicago Bears, Roquan Smith. As the Ravens, they would get Roquan Smith in exchange for a 2023 second-round pick, a 2023 fifth round pick and then also they would trade their linebacker AJ Klein to the Bears so in my opinion I really like this the only downfall is the fact that this is the final year of Roquan Smith's uh, contract that he's currently in so we don't know yet if the Ravens will sign into a long-term deal or you know be able to somehow somehow get something out of it I know that there's some something in this trade where if he does leave that the Baltimore Ravens they will get a compensatory a compensatory or comp, however you say that word I'm horrible when it comes to pronouncing words they'll get a pick back in return if he does leave in free agency so it is a low risk high reward type of thing for the Ravens I still feel like they'll try and resign him if the price is right but also not to mention Roquan Smith he currently leads the NFL with 83 tackles and also is one of the best sideline to sideline linebackers in the NFL I mean him and Patrick Queen now 
And Patrick Queen is a really good linebacker. He's still really young. This is only his third year in the NFL out of LSU. And I think that, he, that the fact that Patrick Queen will now be able to learn behind a guy like Roquan Smith is not only going to help benefit the Ravens, but really help Patrick Queen develop. I mean, learning a lot from a guy like Roquan Smith, who is already an all, numerous-time All-Pro, numerous-time Pro Bowler, is going to be huge for this Baltimore Ravens defense and also adds another you know scare factor for offenses because now – the corner, you know, corners they won't have to be solely relied on. Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Williams, who I know is out with the injury right now. I mean, you add a guy like Roquan Smith, that changes the whole factor of your defense. And then the D line as well. And I think a lot of people forget that Justin Houston, who is a very, 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 very veteran present type of guy, who's I think about 35, but has played really solid. Calais Campbell. I mean, this Ravens defense is starting to get back into its 2019 form and. Adding a guy like Roquan Smith is only going to help. So I like this trade for both sides. You know, once again, the Chicago Bears, they're definitely rebuilding. We all we already knew that Roquan Smith was going to leave in free agency after this year regardless. So the Bears wanting to at least get something out of him. They get a second-round pick. They get a fifth-round pick. And they also get a linebacker as well in A.J. Klein, who's not bad, very average, but not horrible to help add a little bit of depth already to a pretty, pretty weak uh, depth-wise linebacking position for the Chicago Bears. So overall, good trade for both sides, but I really like this trade for the Baltimore Ravens going out and getting your starting linebacker. So, but anyway, guys, now we're going to move to the final day, which is the dead, the actual deadline of the trade deadline. And to kick off all of the trades that we did have on Tuesday for the trade deadline, we had kind of a shocker. I mean, this guy, he was mentioned in some trade rumors. I didn't think the Lions would actually pull the trigger and trade him, but they actually traded him, and not just to any team, but an NFC North rival as the Minnesota Vikings would go out and get Pro Bowl tight end TJ Hawkinson from the Detroit Lions. And not only did they get TJ Hawkinson, they also got two fourth-round picks, one in 2023 and one in 2024. Yeah, I really think the Vikings, they fleeced the Lions in this trade because the Lions, all they got in return was a 2023 second-round pick and a 2024 uh, third-round pick. So really good trade for the Vikings. Their starting tight end, Irv Smith Jr., he's going to be out the next 8 to 10 weeks with an injury, which is pretty much almost the rest of the year. So the fact now that the Vikings went out and got themselves one of the better tight ends in all of the NFL, not only is he a good receiving tight end, He's also one of the better blocking tight ends in the NFL. He came from the same college as George Kittle over there at the University of Iowa, which a lot of people consider to be tight end you. But overall, TJ Hawkinson, who has been kind of one of the only bright spots for the Detroit Lions offense, I guess they just didn't want to pay him. I mean, I guess they just didn't see him being involved in the future. I'm kind of glad they didn't just waste his potential and talent like they did with guys like Calvin Johnson, Matthew Stafford, Barry Sanders. So instead, now they're deciding, you know what, we're going to pull the trigger. We're going to trade him away, get some draft capital out of him. Because obviously the Lions, they still have a lot of things they've got to improve on. But for the Vikings, what a good trade. Because now, not only did you really fix your big hole on offense, you got one of the best tight ends in the league to fill that hole. Now you got Dalvin Cook, who's one of the best receiving and rushing running backs in all the NFL. You got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I, I mean, and then you got Kirk Cousins, who's having one of his better seasons in his career. 
I mean, this Minnesota Vikings offense is so underrated, and now that they went out and got a guy like TJ Hawkinson, who not only is going to help benefit Dalvin Cook, but also help open a lot of holes for guys like Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, because secondaries are now going to have to account for a third option in the form of TJ Hawkinson, which is going to help out Kirk Cousins a ton. So just a great trade for the Vikings, and in my opinion, I feel like the Vikings, they won this trade because not only did they get TJ Hawkinson, they also got two picks back and pretty much that 2024 conditional fourth round pretty much cancels itself out. So the Vikings really only gave up one pick to get a guy that has arguably been known as one of the more underrated tight ends in all of the NFL. So overall, really good trade by the Minnesota Vikings to get their new starting tight end. Now, guys, the next trade that we did have on trade deadline day on Tuesday we had the Chicago Bears making a trade, and this time they weren't trading away a player. They actually were getting a player, and that came in the form of Steelers wide receiver Chase Claypool. Now, we all knew Chase Claypool was probably going to get traded. We didn't know whether it was going to be to the Packers, which there had been a ton of rumors about Chase Claypool ending up with the Packers because we all know the Packers, who are already super thin at the wide receiver position, you know, Christian Watson, their second-round pick, got injured with a concussion on Sunday night football. Randall Cobb's been out. Sammy Watkins just has not been targeted whatsoever. You know, they really needed somebody to fulfill that position. And the Chicago Bears, they jumped the gun and decided to say, you know what, we need a wide receiver to help out. Mm, excuse me, guys. We need a wide receiver to help out Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney. We can't just have him as our only wide receiver threat. And that's exactly what they did as they would go out to the Steelers and say, you know what, give us Chase Claypool. We'll give you a second-round pick in exchange. And that's exactly what happened as the Pittsburgh Steelers, they get a 2023 second-round pick in exchange for Chase Claypool, which will be going back to the Chicago Bears. I like this trade because Chase Claypool, who is a physical specimen, he's also a decent blocker as well. And we've seen the Chicago Bears finally start to – change their play style a lot more and play calling more to the strong suit of Justin Fields which is read options short passes and really being able to run the football a lot more effective so getting a guy like Chase Claypool who will finally expand the offense a little bit more finally make it to where you know Darnell Mooney won't just get triple covered the whole game is going to be huge for this offense I like the fact that the Bears they've made a trade to at least semi-improve I think Chase Claypool will be a good addition I don't know how long he'll be with the Bears but Overall, not a bad trade, but for the Steelers, I like this one as well because they're rebuilding as well. I mean, Chase Claypool, his time with the Steelers was obviously going to be over with. I mean, he had an amazing rookie year where he had like 13 receiving touchdowns. He's only put up, I think, three or something the past few years, but I just think overall, both sides, they needed a change, and then for the Steelers, getting some draft capital back was good, and especially a second-round pick is really good, so pretty even trade but I do like the fact that the Bears they finally went out and got themselves a uh, got a wide receiver now he's not going to be groundbreaking or anything like that but just finally that they're giving Darnell Mooney a teammate that will finally help open up a little bit for him will be huge for that Bears offense but personally I think the Steelers they did win this trade because well Chase Claypool wasn't going to be with the team that long so overall pretty good trade for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Chicago Bears now, guys, for our next trade, and, well, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they had to make some type of dumb trade. And, you know, I like the player they got in return, but the fact of what they gave up, which they didn't really have to give up anything, kind of 
made me scratch my head a little bit. But in this trade, the Pittsburgh Steelers, which we know, they need a ton of help defensively, especially when it comes to the secondary. So they went out and asked the Washington Commanders, who had a cornerback of their own, and William Jackson III, who has just been not happy with his current situation over there in Washington. So he was already projected to get cut once the trade deadline finally had occurred. So in reality, the Pittsburgh Steelers could have picked him up for free. But instead, I guess Pittsburgh felt that another team was going to get him before they could. So they decided to pull the trigger and give up some form of draft capital. Now, it hasn't been officially announced what type of round or pick or whatever it was. But we all know that it's a, it's a late round pick. But at the end of the day, I think the Steelers, they could have been a little bit more patient and gotten him. But they just wanted to get him immediately. And, you know, Pittsburgh, they also did receive a late-round pick in exchange for him, so maybe they cancel each other out yet. We don't know the full details, but Pittsburgh, they finally get some secondary help in a guy like William Jackson who hasn't suited up for the Commanders since Week 5, so hopefully things work out for William Jackson in Pittsburgh. And overall, I think it's a good trade because now, at least Washington, they get rid of his hefty contract, which is another concern because, too, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have to pick up his contract as well. So, yeah, just... I think it's a trade that didn't really need to happen because they could have signed him as a free agent. But overall, Pittsburgh Steelers, they get some more secondary help in the form of the former Bengal and Washington commander cornerback, William Jackson. Now for the next trade we're going to talk about and arguably the biggest trade of the trade deadline, we saw a really good pass rusher get traded down to Miami and really starting to set this Miami Dolphin team over the edge as the Miami Dolphins, they hit up the Denver Broncos and said, you know what, we need some pass rusher help to help out, help out our secondary a little bit. So give us Bradley Chubb. So Miami, they received linebacker Bradley Chubb and a 2025 fifth-round pick in exchange for running back Chase Edmonds, a 2023 first-round draft pick, and a 2024 fourth-round draft pick. Now, I like this trade for Miami because, as we all know, the secondary has really been struggling this year. You know, they haven't gotten a ton of pass rush. I mean, they went out and got Melvin Ingram from the Kansas City Chiefs in free agency. He's been pretty solid. You got Emmanuel Emmanuel Ogba as well. Uh, but, you know, there still has they still have been really needing some form of defensive help, especially when it comes to pass rush. And now they're getting a guy like Bradley Chubb, who already has a third of Miami's total sacks on the year, as Bradley Chubb currently has five and a half sacks and 26 total quarterback pressures on the year. So he will be a huge addition for this Miami Dolphins defense. And then for the um, and then for the Broncos, I mean, he's on his final year of his rookie contract. They picked up his fifth-year option, so he was likely going to be gone at free agency. You know, they went out and got Randy Gregory. Baron Browning has kind of stepped up as well, who was a third-round pick in last year's draft out of Ohio State. So... It kind of made sense to move on from them, and the fact they're able to get some draft capital back after giving up all that they did to get Russell Wilson from the Seahawks, I think it was a really good trade, but overall, I'm definitely going to have to take Miami winning this trade due to the fact that the Miami, who I still think could potentially be Super Bowl contenders, now they finally added something that they've been missing, and that is a great pass rusher. Melvin Ingram's been good. Jalen Phillips, their first-round pick out of Miami last year, has been pretty solid, but getting a guy like Bradley Chubb, who arguably is one of the top pass rushers in the NFL this season so far. It's just a huge addition for the Miami Dolphins. So in my opinion, I think I've got to go with Miami in this trade just due to the fact that also they're going to be working on signing a uh, huge contract extension for him as well. So he won't just be a one-year rental type of player. Now, guys, for our next trade that we had and one of kind of the more shocking trades that we did have, 
And this came in the form of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They actually made a move as they hit up the Atlanta Falcons and said, you know what, we need to give Trevor Lawrence another weapon to work with. And that's exactly what Jacksonville got as Jacksonville, they traded for former, I think he was a Pro Bowl wide receiver, Calvin Ridley. Now, as we all know, Calvin Ridley, he is suspended for the entire 2022 NFL season due to a gambling issue from last year. It's unfortunate he suspended a whole year. I don't think he should be considering how light of a suspension, you know, Deshaun Watson got DeAndre Hopkins for PED use. We already know about the Deshaun Watson situation. But overall, when you know when Calvin Ridley does come back and plays for the Jaguars, he will be their number one option. They still have Christian Kirk, who I personally like a ton. I think he's done really good for the Jaguars this year. And then just add on top of that, they still have Marvin Jones. They still have Zay Jones. I mean, they have a decent wide receiver core now. And then not to add on top of that, you have Travis Etienne, who's really started to step up. And, you know, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, they didn't have to give up that much as well, as all they had to do was give up a 2023 conditional fifth-round draft pick and a 2024 conditional second-round draft pick. And, you know, for a lot of people that may not know, Calvin Ridley was supposed to be Julio Jones' replacement once Julio Jones retired or got traded, because as we all know, Julio would get traded to the Titans, and then income would be Calvin Ridley as a new wide receiver one for the Atlanta Falcons. So I think this is a really good trade for the Jacksonville Jaguars, as really Trevor Lawrence has no excuse now. I mean, especially next season, as he'll be going into his third year as a starter in the NFL. And now that he finally has a true wide receiver one, I think this was just a great trade for the Jaguars. And definitely they finally added a key piece that they really have been missing because nothing against Christian Kirk. I don't think personally he's a wide receiver one in this NFL. He's going to be a really good wide receiver too, but definitely getting a guy like Calvin Ridley to be the number one is just going to be huge for this Jacksonville Jaguars offense going forward. And, you know, just a really shocking kind of ending to the trade deadline because we expected to see guys like Texans wide receiver Brandon Cooks get traded, Los Angeles Rams running back Cam Akers get traded. I mean, there were a lot of guys that, I know me personally, I didn't think there was no way they would stay with their team. Cam Akers had already expressed a ton of frustration with his current situation with the Rams. Brandon Cooks, who has the past at least year or two already been kind of considered every trade deadline to be a trade deadline target. And then just a lot of other guys who I know a lot of us figured would be traded, but the final trade that we did have right as the trade deadline occurred at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time um, was the fact that the Buffalo Bills, who have been really looking for a running back, they contacted the Saints about potentially getting Alvin Kamara. The Saints shut that down and said, no way, Jose, we're not going to give you your final Thanos gauntlet piece because if, they, if the Bills had gotten Alvin Kamara, I think legitimately I would put all of my money into the Bills winning the Super Bowl because there's no way Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, Alvin Kamara, heck, even Dawson Knox all on the same offense, that would not win you a Super Bowl. And with the defense as well of the Buffalo Bills, that would have been electric. But the Buffalo Bills, they still decided to get a guy that has a similar play style, a very similar running back, obviously not up to the level of Alvin Kamara, but definitely is a pretty good kind of uh replacement you could say instead of Alvin Kamara and that was in the form of trading for the Colts former running back Naeem Hines now me I like Naeem Hines a lot you know he split a lot of carries you know with Jonathan Taylor who had a monster season last year but he's a really good receiving back very good receiving back kind of head scratching considering the fact that James Cook had a really good game against the Packers on Sunday night football but I guess they're going to want James Cook to kind of become more of their kind of their power back so to speak and 
you know, still have Devin Singletary. Now you get Naeem Hines, so you have a triple-headed monster at running back. Zach Moss, who the former, I think he's like a former fourth-round pick out of Utah. Things didn't work out the way they wanted it to. Kind of shocked he didn't get dealt. But overall, not a bad pickup for the Bills as they do get a really electric and kind of kind of twitchy running back. Like, he's very elusive, very, very elusive. Not the biggest guy, kind of like a Darren Sproles if, if you want to kind of compare him to anybody. So a really good pickup for the uh, Buffalo Bills considering that they could not get a guy like Alvin Kamara. I also could have seen the Bills potentially going out and getting a Kareem Hunt. But, you know, on Monday Night Football, Kareem Hunt played a ton of snaps, had a ton of carries. So a lot of things were kind of pointing in the direction of the Browns wanted to hold on to Kareem Hunt and see if they could potentially be able to figure something out with him. So, But that would actually be the last trade that we had on the trade deadline. Nothing else would come. Brandon Cooks wouldn't get traded. Cam Akers wouldn't get traded. Um, just a lot of other guys didn't get traded. Michael Thomas of the Saints. You know, there were a lot of rumored guys that could have been traded. But outside of that, that was the end of the trade deadline. So for y'all, let me know what y'all's personal favorite trade was. Mine had to have been the fact the Miami Dolphins, they got a little aggressive. And they went out, they went out and got a much-needed pass rusher in the form of Bradley Chubb, who's going to make a huge difference on their defense. It could potentially be what sets them over the edge and potentially gets them to be competing with the Buffalo Bills in the AFC North. So... Guys, thank y'all so much for listening to today's special edition episode as we recap all of the trades from the NFL trade deadline here in the 2022 NFL season. So, guys, thank y'all so much for listening. Also, make sure to check out today's earlier episode, which is a which was a recap of NFL Week 8. That was a great episode. Make sure to check that out as well. And, guys, thank you again for all the support. And before we do head out, make sure you do... Make sure you do like, comment, share, rate, do whatever you can. And I know you keep hearing me and you're probably like, Mason, shut up. But I'm just making sure just so we continue to spread the Cover 7 podcast and make sure that everybody is able to listen and, and learn a little bit more about football and football news every single day. So, guys, thank you so very much for all your support. And I will see you all here tomorrow as we have NFL Week 9 preview and College Football Week 10 preview coming out at 12 p.m. Central Time and 6 p.m. Central Time tomorrow. So, guys, once again, I'll see you all tomorrow and have an amazing rest of y'all's day. Peace, y'all.